Well, this week in Alberta, you know, Danielle Smith is the new premier there after replacing Jason Kenney within the party. There's been no election. She was uh, voted in by her own party and not that, you know, not a huge majority of it. But she's really gone about uh, taking a wrecking ball to the administration of healthcare in Alberta. So the chief medical health officer was dismissed this week. Um, and then the entire board of the Alberta Health Services Board was booted yesterday. They oversee the system. Now, she points to wanting to fix long-term issues ailing the healthcare system and has appointed one administrator to take over from the entire board, uh, Dr. John Cowell. We have asked Dr. Cowell to look at four urgent needs. One, improve EMS response times. Two, decrease emergency room wait times. Three, reduce the waits for uh, the wait times for surgeries. And four, develop long-term reforms through the consultation with frontline workers. That's a tall order. That's a lot to do. That's a heavy list. He has 90 days to come up with his original uh, sort of a first draft of all this. Dr. Cowles held this position before about a decade ago. He's coming out of retirement to do this. He reports directly to the Minister of Health and uh, a progress report is due in 90 days or so. Um, here is Health Minister Jason uh, Copping talking about why this move is supposed to make a difference. The role provides a dedicated full-time focus to issues instead of a part-time strategic board. Responses can be immediate and dynamic. And I would like to stress that this is a temporary fix to help drive immediate changes and that the board will be restored at the appropriate time. Needless to say, when you take a wrecking ball to the administration of your health system, some people don't like it. Uh, one of those who was dismissed today uh, responded, this way, Tony Dagnone. Tony Dagnone is um, was part of uh, part of the board, and he wrote a scathing open letter today, uh, saying the premier has chosen to quote play her misguided play to her misguided followers who rant against science and academic medicine under the veiled guise of freedom. Her warped stance on COVID, which I remind the premier was and is a public health issue, not a political punching bag, is nothing short of borderline dereliction when the lives of AHS staff and Albertans are at stake. So you can see this has caused some bad blood. Uh, so this leads to the obvious question. Is this a search for solutions or a search for a scapegoat? What is it here? Uh, to help us out with that, I'm joined by Dr. John Meddings. He's a professor of medicine and past dean of the Cumming School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. Uh, thanks for your time tonight. Not a problem, Ben. You know, I was often told that... Um, you know, good leaders look for solutions and bad leaders look for scapegoats. And and looking at what's been happening over the past, uh, you know, this week in Alberta, when it comes to healthcare, where where does that fall? Well, I think I think Alberta could use a lot of a lot of solutions right now, Ben. To be honest, there's a problem in healthcare across the country. It's not just Alberta. It's 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 all of us, and it's it's a threat and a risk for healthcare that we've seen coming for a long time. And unfortunately, I think as a society, we haven't really dealt with it. What's happened most recently is, the, is sort of the triple whammy of we've had a pandemic, we had a strained healthcare system before it, we hadn't been investing in healthcare personnel, and now with the demographics that we have in this business, we have a whole group of people who have retired, haven't been replaced, and we're overworked to begin again. So it's it's a it's a threat that should have been seen. In fact, many people did see it coming, but we we failed to address it. Yeah, and, and now we're seeing sort of, um, I mean, just to use the example in Alberta, if you sort of get rid of the entire board of Alberta Health Services, get rid of the public, um, you know, the public officer of health and so on, 
I, I mean, are, they, are those the kinds of solutions we're looking for? That feels um, sudden and quite dramatic, considering what might be needed is, you know, a wholesale look at what's happening. Yeah. So if you go back to the last 20 years, and those of us who have enough gray hair can remember the last 20 years, every time there's been a crisis in healthcare, we have suddenly decided to change our system. We have either gone from local hospital boards to regional control to, in Alberta's case, of a, a single health authority. We have changed the leaders in it. We've flipped everything around. We've done a multiple groups of um, analyses and reports and none of which have addressed the major problems. I mean, the major problems have been identified all the way along. We have a shortage of healthcare providers. We have poor primary care in this in this in this country and in this province. We don't have enough people doing it and we can't manage. So at the best of times, our healthcare system is strained. It runs at 100% capacity. And in fact, from an accountant's point of view, I think running at 100% capacity is great. You don't waste any money. We all know that the best functioning hospitals run at 80 to 90% capacity, so they have some room for surge. If you run at 100% capacity, when all of a sudden you lose some people, when you happen to have a pandemic that comes along, and this is going to happen more and more often, all of a sudden you're in trouble. And that's where we found ourselves. What is the morale like right now within the system? You know, I was mentioning I was talking to Dr. Alan Drummond, who's in Perth, um, in Ontario, outside of Ottawa, and he was saying morale is bad. You know, morale is down, and that's having a real impact on the system. When you see these sorts of changes happening above these sort of, um, let's shuffle the deck and see if we can't solve these problems, even though we already know many of we already know what the problems are, they've been identified, right? What kind of impact does that have on, on the system as a whole, including the many healthcare workers who get up and go to work every day who may feel like they're having the finger pointed at them right now? Yeah. So I think the best word I've heard described is demoralized, and healthcare workers in our system are completely demoralized. And I, and I think most of most of the people who are listening to this, Ben, are going to understand these are people who have literally put their lives on the line to, in our case, save Albertans' lives, to to deal with crises as they come to the emergency room or on the wards of the hospital. And they've done this during a time when during the pandemic, they didn't know that if they were going to get it, that they might die themselves, their families might get sick, but they went ahead and did this. At the end of this, they're being told, well, you just made a bunch of mistakes. And if you'd simply listened to a few YouTube videos, you'd have understood what had to be done. And when that sort of word comes from the highest levels of our government, it is demoralizing. And so I think people are incredibly upset. Yeah, because it feels like, um, I mean, I think a lot of us look at Alberta, um, our richest province in many ways, and think, wow, you should have a world-class healthcare system. Um, what needs to be done then, do you think, in the short term? I mean, clearly, the approach that the province is taking is what it is. What would you think would be a good place to start to look for some solutions here? So I think one of the advantages that Alberta has had, and it's been emulated by several other provinces, but I, but for those that haven't, actually, Alberta has been in some ways envied when I travel around the country. Having a single healthcare system allows economies of scale. It allows learnings from one part of the province to be translated rapidly to others. It gets rid of a lot of the sort of fiefdoms and turf protection and territoriality that, that we often used to see between hospital boards. So AHS is, a, is, is sort of the golden goose in Alberta. It actually receives a lot of bad press in Alberta but is envied from, you know, in fact, around the world. It does some remarkably good things. 
Alberta's blessed in some ways. We've got some incredibly smart, bright people who work in AHS, who work at the universities. They do great things. So we've got great people. We've got great facilities. Where are the problems? Well, the problems which are not unique to Alberta, but are prevalent in Canadian healthcare, is that good healthcare systems rely upon good primary care. The shortage of family docs and the reasons why people don't want to be family docs is a problem that this country has to grapple with. The reason we have so many people waiting in emergency rooms, what Alan Drummond is facing, is that we don't have people in family medicine dealing with the problems before they get to the emergency room. And secondly, we have problems in long-term care where the hospitals can't move patients out of acute care wards to long-term care appropriately for a whole host of other reasons. But those two big things blom up our hospital system. BC just launched a new, uh, I mean, BC was clearly in trouble when it came to family doctors. They've uh, put out a new way of doing things. Uh, is that the right approach? Do we need to, I mean, this took a long time, I know, for BC to come up with this, and they were facing some real challenges when it came to family doctors. Um, but is that the kind of approach that a province like other provinces such as Alberta should be looking at? So I think I think it is. It's it's part of the answer. So what Alberta has, or what BC has announced is paying family doctors far more appropriately than they have now. And I know some people look at it and say, you know, a raise of hundreds of thousands. Well, frankly, to me, that just tells you how, how poorly they were paying family doctors in BC before. This will help BC, but it's not the only thing that has to happen, Ben. Fa there are not enough family doctors in North America to look after all of the patients that we need to look after outside of hospitals. We also need community health workers. We need dietitians. We need physician assistants, we need nurse practitioners, all of whom should be part of primary care teams that are run by family docs. The current way that we pay family docs is A, it's not enough. And we say out of what we pay you, which is not enough, you need to hire all the other people that you need. Well, the reality is if you're not getting paid enough, you don't hire any of these things. And so we have competing healthcare services. We have naturopaths, chiropractors, physiotherapists, dietitians, all, all out on their own. And that becomes a fractured, poorly functioning primary health care system. Um, you must have felt the need to talk about it now. And, and what was that? Why do you feel like it's time to sound the alarm about what you've been seeing, not just in your own province, but elsewhere? Frankly, anybody who's on social media or even listens to the media in almost any form is going to see this, Ben, and it's it's quite apparent. We have incredible polarization in, in, in our country, and it's not limited to Canada. It's actually throughout the Western world with a distrust of experts, distrust of, of people who have, who have spent their life learning things, and I think devalued knowledge in some ways. I mean, it's at the point where I certainly talk to some people who think that you know, you can you can spend an hour or two on YouTube and somebody who has spent 20 years honing their craft in a particular area and you are now somehow equivalent. The fact is, is that there's a lot of knowledge out there that that we have about things like COVID. Many of the fundamental parts that we know for certain are disputed. And this it isn't just a technical argument that disputation of facts is costing people their lives and in some cases is ruining our healthcare system. I look at Ontario right now where you have children's hospitals that are overrun for a variety of respiratory viruses and we know in fact over the last two or three years where we haven't seen these viruses because we have been using masks in other areas 
you know, and other techniques of keeping people socially distant and these viruses weren't present. We know how to get rid of them, but for a variety now of, of dis, uh, or a lot of disinformation, I cannot even see us beginning to try and get rid of that anymore. Do you um, despair that it appears that uh, the premier of your province is someone who who politicizes these issues and seems to have beliefs that would be counter to science? It doesn't excite me, I must say. You know, I don't despair easily. I do think that at the end, you know, knowledge, truth and expertise will, will win out. I mean, it's, you know, sort of, it's not as if science and, and smart people don't make the occasional mistakes, you know, but I'm not a gambler. But if you were a gambler, this is very much akin to saying, if you wanted to make money, do you bet on the casino or on the random person that walks in after studying how to play blackjack for an hour or two? Which one long term is going to give you the best advice? Personally, I'm betting on the casino. I will bet on experts. The house always wins. That's tell me, right. tell me a bit about then this plan, this ninety-day plan, this administrator in place. Do you expect? Um, I mean, certainly that the order is tall to settle just about to look into just about everything that uh, plagues or ails the health uh, the healthcare sector right now, and then to fix it. Do you have any hope that uh, that anything is going to happen? So first of all, I, you know, I think John Cowell is a good person. I, I know I know John Cowell. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's experienced. He's smart. He's, um, you know, he will try. I have no doubt try and do the right things. He has been given a task to fix three primary things, which is ambulance wait times, emergency wait times, and surgical wait times. And while all of those are good things to try and fix, from my perspective, all of those are symptoms. They're symptoms of the dysfunction of the healthcare system. And so in some ways, it's trying to say you've got a patient with pneumonia and a high fever. We're just going to feed a lot of aspirin and get rid of that fever. It's not the, it's not the right approach to this. Uh, John Cowell is a smart person. He will understand that there are systemic issues that underlie all of those things. Those are going to take longer than 90 days to fix. Dr. Bettings, thank you so much for your insight on this. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Ben.